we have a fun plan for everyone. Who we we make the Halloween house? Who makes the best house wins? So, would you like to do that, everyone? Yeah! Thank you all. Thank you. Testing. Testing. One, two, three. You can hear me okay? I hear you just fine. Good. All right, things are working. We have organized clutter on the table, but you guys can't see that. Sorry, that? I was taking a drink of my protein shake. We've got Henley, <laughs> we've got hair ties. <laughs> we well, got pen we kind of need, I guess. Pen we do need yeah, my protein shake. Camera batteries, we're good. I'm so proud of myself because I went to the gym this morning. Yeah, you wanted to fall right back asleep. I sure did. And he goes, oh, you could go ahead and fall back asleep. I'll yeah. take the kids to school, which... Funny most, moment. Yeah, yeah. Most women would be like, wow, thanks, hubby. I mean, usually I am like, okay, yeah. thank you. But I was like, that's not very supportive. Yeah. I'm trying wish, to go to the gym. Yeah, wish you were more supportive. He's like, just like me saying to, to her, Jane, you shouldn't eat chocolate. And then all day she's going to want to eat chocolate. Yeah, and I'm like, why are you telling me not to eat chocolate? She told me not to say, don't do something. Yeah. Because that's what she'll want to do. Yeah, and so when I, so I said to him, I was like, oh, I would love to go back to bed. Oh my gosh, I'm so tired. He's like, yeah, I got this. You, he's like, you yeah, can go. go ahead. I'm like, really? That's not very supportive. And he's like, well, if I tell you to go to the gym, you're not. I'm like, yeah, yeah. I guess you are fighting a losing battle it's here. It's a lose-lose. That's not fair at all. Doesn't matter what I say. Yeah, but what I'm trying to do is uh, go to the gym. I like, I really want more structure and stability. Mm. And then I feel like, I don't know. I, I feel like the reason that I don't go to the gym in the morning is because I always just think that I'm too tired and I'll do better in the afternoon. But really, it's just a great way, I feel like, to try to get something done in the morning. And so that way, the whole day, you're not hemming and hawing, or at least I'm not hemming and hawing over, yeah. oh, I'm going to have to go to the gym. I have to do this. It's like, that's done. It's already done and over with. And Well, some people aren't morning gym people. I'm just, I would like to say that I wasn't, but I'm trying to turn myself into one. Okay. Is there hope for turning a night owl into a morning morning person? You know, I, it's, I don't know how, I guess, are you still, so anybody that doesn't know this, Jamie was a um, labor and delivery nurse. Um, I guess once a labor and delivery nurse, always, always. A, a labor and delivery nurse, but she would work the overnight hours. And I feel like that's got to be a tough transition. I mean, that was a few years ago, but yeah, I just tend to enjoy staying up late and not for nothing, but they say creative people do like to stay up later. I mean, yeah. you like to stay up late too, Doug. I know. I, I, I don't need very much sleep. Which I think is so unfair. I mean, he can literally fly on four or five hours yeah, of sleep. That's all I need. If I had four or five hours of sleep, like you'd have to drag me across <laughs> the floor. <laughs> like, I've just been so used to it. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know how. I feel like I need 10 hours of sleep. <laughs> Yeah, like when, so when Jamie and I first got together on Married at First Sight, we would have, um, she would work the overnight hours. So I would be, when we were staying together, I would when be When we were leaving. staying together. Yeah. Well, we, well, we did move in together. To, Our first together. time living together, meeting each other, getting yeah. to know each other, um, all the same. But as I was leaving. Marrying each other. Yeah, as I was leaving, Jamie was just coming home. Mm -hmm. uh, and then when I got home, Jamie would be at work. So um, we really only saw each other maybe four days a week during yeah. the experiment because and you know, literally she was all of overnight. Yeah, and all those all the hours that we saw each other was pretty much captured on camera because yeah. whether because we were filming twelve hour days. And so I would I remember like when we met with our doctor was Dr. Logan and we met with her and 
like they start the day right at 9 a.m. But I'm like, you all got to sleep last night. Right. Like I didn't get to sleep. So consider me like working, yeah, but you I were a trooper. I was too shy and like, didn't want to seem like difficult. And so I just came home from working a 12 hour shift and made myself look presentable and was handing Dr. Logan like <laughs> pastries in the morning to like welcome her. She was at her house. And so, yeah. yeah, that was a lot back then. Speaking of that though, what, yeah. so what was your day to day like before you got married to me? Cause I don't, yeah, so this is a question that I got. Well, there's two big questions that I get a lot is, um, what were you doing right before Married at First Sight? And then what was the process leading up to it? Cause yeah, we get that question all it, the time. And it's a little different now because you, you have to remember that Married at First Sight didn't exist in the United States before us. Right, like there was no, no one knew what Married at First Sight was before us, we were season one. Right. This was a, a Danish show that I think they only did uh, one or two seasons or that's all that had been but out But man, there. bring it to America and we're on season yeah. 18 now. There we go. <laughs> um, but they, so they, they played or they kind of pitched this to uh, some of the cast or as they were recruiting for people as a love experiment. They never said married at first sight until mm-hmm. the end. It was a love experiment and uh, were you interested and did you live in the tri-state area? So New York, New Jersey, uh, Connecticut area. Um, and I remember I was sitting in the parking lot. Um, and so right before what I was, parking lot, um, that's, that's really asking the deep questions. Yeah. I forget what parking, I think it was, uh, it might've been a fast food parking lot. <laughs> Probably. Um, <laughs> But we had, uh, I remember it because uh, I had been seeing someone um, right before the experiment. Um, but we, but there was like a, a two-week sort of break where um, she broke it off with me. Who was it? Um, I don't want to say her name. Well, you, you do know I know her? her? Yeah. It's Can one you of your sister-in-law's friends. One of my sister-in-law's friends, one of our sister-in-law's. Yeah, our sister-in-law's friends. <laughs> Your sister-in-law yeah. too. One of Carrie's friends. Okay, so I think I know she who that is. She was in the wedding party. She was in the wedding party? Oh, yeah. and Carrie's wedding. Whoa, yeah. clarify these things, Doug. I'm like, what? Uh, Carrie's wedding party. Yes. Oh, wow. Yeah, so we were... We Did were, you guys sleep together? Yeah, well, that's mainly what we were doing. Um, it oh. was just, it kind of started out as just a... Uh, you're single, I'm single. Um, yeah. And so and you just got, you just slept together. Well, you're well, single, no. I'm single. Let's hook up. Well, no, no, there was a, there was a getting to know you phase and, and kind of building on a relationship. Um, but then she had broke up with me. Um, and I, at that point I had caught a feeling. Oh, you liked her? Yeah. I started to like her. Like it, it upset me that, uh, she had broke it off. Uh, because I did start to like her. Um, but again, I, I was upfront about, um, about me having a history with, uh, pain medication and, uh, having that addiction. Um, that was a very touchy subject for her because, uh, she had a past relationship where that's, you know, what had happened. Um, and I think, uh, there was, she had other connections to it, but that was a main, sort of, uh, I don't want to say it's, it, it, it curbed it, but it certainly kept it from going to any next level whatsoever. Um, oh. but I remember this because two weeks, uh, later or within two weeks, I got that phone call. Uh, I believe that I had a profile on reality 
casting wanted or something. It was some reality site uh, that I had a profile on. And I guess they got everybody's name and numbers and they just called. And I remember getting a voicemail saying, uh, you know, it's so-and-so, we're uh, kinetic producers. We have a new show that's coming up, uh, a love experiment. Would you be interested? I called back and went through that process and uh, the rest is, is history. Wow, that was like two weeks before? That's yeah. it? Like she broke up with you two weeks before? Yeah. That's I mean, it? We, we, weren't, we weren't a boyfriend-girlfriend thing, but I started to, I, I, I caught a feeling and thought that it could have been more. Oh, Doug, um, it's so cute how you say you caught a feeling. Yeah, yeah, that was, uh, I had caught a feeling. If I wasn't so confident in our marriage, I would be like, what? That was two weeks before we got married? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you were, you had feelings for someone else on the day that we said I do? No. Well, no, you kind of did. O- it was over by then. I, I, I had caught a feeling, but. You I know, caught a feeling. <laughs> when it wasn't going anywhere, you know. You let like, that feeling go, you caught it, and then you released it. Yeah, I mean, uh, it doesn't really take long. You yeah. Know, like, it wasn't like we had a major commitment to each other or, you know, we weren't living together or by any means. It was just more or less just a hangout that I, yeah, and I, I thought there was potential for it, but then it turned out that there wasn't. Yeah, I mean, I shouldn't say... I was going to say, you, yeah. you were kind of dating somebody I while was, we were... Well, I was dating someone, kind of, not really. It's kind of the same thing. Like, like not to sound like... I mean, I met someone on Tinder, and he was a really great guy, but we just... I wrote about it in my book, Wifey 101, but we just... It's really... It had nothing to do with him and everything to do with me. When, for Like, for real, though. Like, it's not, it's not you, it's me. But it really <laughs> was that, because I was very... He appeared to be very wealthy and um what was this it was in manhattan yeah and he lived in manhattan I mean, like he owned an apartment on the upper east side but that wasn't a cool area town for him so he sub like he rented that apartment out and he rent <laughs> you know got his own apartment down in a cooler area cooler area um and i don't know like he just had like i remember his couch was four thousand dollars which honestly that's pretty much how much i mean some couches just cost that how did you find that out did he say it because was the you didn't read my it? book did you because i wrote it? about this in the book no the tag wasn't on it but lady peed on it lady was a puppy oh my gosh so lady was a puppy and <laughs> oh we were like you know see like kind of see i mean we were kind of steady i mean i wasn't like i was dating anyone else i wasn't much of a dater though like right. i didn't like it's not like i did that well it must have been hard too because you were a um night nurse a night nurse yeah. yeah so i would see him yeah, Doug, <laughs> he's holding up my book, Wifey 101. What chapter was this in? <laughs> um, you're so funny. but no, Available so, at uh, and Amazon and anywhere you can get books. Just Amazon mostly, I think. Just Amazon. Actually. <laughs> but um, anyways, um, so I, he, we were like dating and he, I don't remember why Lady was in his apartment, but she was a puppy and she was mad that I left her there. Cause she used to go to like puppy daycare in Manhattan. That's like a whole oh. thing. And I loved the puppy daycare. I mean, when I, so that's what I would do when I was like trying to sleep or whatever, she would be at the puppy daycare. But, um, anyways, so she peed on his couch and he was like, he kind of like, he freaked out over it. I mean, who wouldn't, it yeah, was a brand really. new white couch. I mean, that is quite oh, gross it was white. and it was oh, white. Gosh. Yeah. And she peed on it like why are you gonna pee on the couch like not the floor like any I mean you could pee anywhere but like not the couch or like a mattress or something and it's a girl dog so she squats or she does it yeah like she just straight up got on on the couch where you sit and peed and we came home claiming her territory I guess so and so whenever we came back 
like that was there and he was really upset about that. I mean, who wouldn't be? I mean, even if it was a hundred dollar couch, like don't pee on my couch. Like that's so gross, but he handled it like a champ. He was a real great guy, but he told me the couch was $4,000 and otherwise he wouldn't mind so much. He's like trying to look up the tutorials, like how to like clean pee out of the couch. (laughs) And I'm like, wow, like he's really particular about this. And I think that that was like something so monumental in my brain because I was like, first of all, like, I couldn't even afford a $4,000 couch. Like who pay, who spends that? Even though that's really not an astronaut. I mean, couches are expensive, yeah. but um, I don't know. I mean, but we lived in Manhattan. It's not like it was a big couch. That was a small couch for $4,000. Yeah. I was like the last car I owned, wait, I literally paid $1,500 for. So your couch costs double <laughs> for my last car. I mean, that, that was, that's, that was more than my first car. 1500 no, 4,000. Oh yeah. 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 Like, I mean, I, I don't know. So he was just very wealthy. It seemed to me anyways, I, I actually don't even know that, but I'm pretty certain that he was quite wealthy, came from a very wealthy family. And I never felt comfortable around wealthy people or anybody with any sort of, um, like a doctor or even nurses. Like that's why you were so comfortable with me. Honestly, <laughs> not for nothing, but yeah. yeah. Like I was like, I mean, even your family though, Cause it was so middle-class with like the cookie cutter house and the nice development and like two parents, you know, who eat dinner together. And I'm like, this is all so weird, but it did. But the fact that I'll tell you what I liked about you was that day one into our marriage and you were wearing just a pair of jeans and a really old ratty, like, sweater from it was a great sweater don't say I know sorry ratty. sorry it was a great sweater but it was like lived in and yeah. it wasn't like you were trying to impress me with like I don't know it was my lifeguard sweatshirt yeah and I was like oh I, I really found that so attractive because I was like I don't I didn't want to be married to someone that I couldn't be myself around that I couldn't bring home to you know to my my family I mean we I lived in a trailer in a trailer park and so not that I still did but you know, I just wanted whoever it was to not be opposed to trailers or trailer parks or to think less of us. I didn't want my right. siblings to feel less than whoever I may. I mean, I just wanted us to all be able to be a big, happy family. <laughs> yeah. And I just couldn't see bringing him home ever. I mean, I, and I really, this guy is a great guy. He's going to be a great husband to someone. Um, so wait, so was he, um, how, how soon was that or how close was that to the show? Um, well, he knew that I like had gotten, uh, cause we also weren't like boyfriend, girlfriend, you know, like right. we were never official or anything. We were just kind of hanging out. We had just, just hooking been up. hanging out. I mean, it was kind of a little bit more than hooking up, but like I wasn't in love with him. But what I mean by that is like, I didn't realize, I guess how much more it was until I found out about doing this. And I told him, I was holding, I was very honest the whole time that like, Oh, I'm really excited about this, you know, and I told him about it and, you know, you're still just kind of hanging out a little bit. And then when I got, I was like, yeah, this is happening. And he, did he make a big push for it? Well, no, he, or for you, I mean, yeah, yeah. he called me crying and said he loved me. Oh yeah. And I was like, I feel like the worst person in the world because obviously I didn't feel that way because I, and then I, and then at that point that was like, there was no going back. Like if I, like either way, like if I had any feelings for him, then I should definitely go back because obviously yeah. there would be nothing if like you and I didn't work out. It's not like I could be like, Hey, want to hang out? <laughs> but like, um, but also like it put so much pressure on, I mean, there, that was like the definite end. This was obviously before we ever got right, married, yeah. but that was a definite end because I was like, Oh man, he is in love with me and I'm not there. 
And of course, back then I wasn't sure I could get there. Now I'm like, listen, if you find a good guy and they tell you that they're in love (laughs) with you and you don't feel it immediately, don't just write them off because I found a good guy also later on who I married named Douglas Hayner. And she said it first. I mean, I did say it. I did. But like what I'm saying though, is that you were into me and I wasn't, I didn't have those feelings first at part of me. And, um, and yeah, I'm like, you really can grow into that. And like, I can't tell you like day in and day out. I think about the fact that if I had, if I, if we hadn't been married and I wasn't like, not that I was obligated or anything, but marriage really did make a difference in our relationship. Like if we had been dating, yeah. With some of the hurdles that we went through, we wouldn't be here today. I no. mean, we really wouldn't be. And that just says a lot for, well, for, I think, first of all, for our commitment to, to each other and to marriage. And to, Yeah, I was going to say, and to marriage. I um, mean, we were really dedicated. Like, we really wanted a family. We really wanted marriage and each yeah. other, even when it was tough. But if I had just been dating you, I definitely, it would definitely wouldn't have gone that far. Because I would have been like, no, there, you know, you always think there's, like someone else and the the grass could be greener and you'll find someone without these issues, but you'll never find someone with absolutely zero issues who you're completely smitten with. I mean, there's always going to be something. And if there's not right now in your relationship, there probably will be. And that's not like a big red flag. What you're saying is the grass is always greener on the other side. What I'm saying (laughs) is the grass is always greener where you water it. And so, well, I mean, even based on stories that, that you've told and, and that I've heard, um, you didn't really give many chances. Like it was, it was one and done for you for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Thank like you I for, for sipping on our podcast. Sorry, I'm drinking a protein <laughs> shake. <laughs> um, yeah, like I, but that was just because I was trying to protect myself, I mm-hmm. think, and guard yeah. my heart. But I mean, this guy, his name is Matthew, and he was, uh, which I love that name, Matthew. It's a great name. My <laughs> nephew's Matthew. <laughs> and I love my, my brother's Matthew. Yeah. Um, Matthew's just a strong, solid name. I love it. But anyways, his name was Matthew and he was a really nice guy. And um, I think it's a weird thing with, with guys because, um, you know, if you, you don't, you don't want to say, you don't want to be the one to say, I love you first. It's like a weird thing. But yeah. then when something is slipping away, it's like a, a thing that guys jump to for some reason. Yeah. Um, especially weird. if it's like something that's going to get broken up with, um, you know, whether you feel that strongly about the person or, or not, it's like, it's like, they, yeah. there's something to that of someone just saying that they're, that it's, it's not going to work out. And then all of a sudden you love he them. like calls me crying and tells me he loves me. And yeah. that the, and he said something about the only reason I hadn't met his family yet is because he didn't think I was ready. And I was like, whoa, Nelly. Okay. Yeah. I was like, oh, well, I wasn't ready. And I'm <laughs> glad I, I mean, yeah. Like, cause I, I mean, we had talked like, I mean, he was very, very close to his mom and his sister. And I, I mean, I, I mean, we weren't really, I didn't think we were that serious, but, um, mm. interesting anyway. So that really kind of broke my heart though, because you know, I don't want, I didn't want someone to be in love with me and then I'm not in love with them. That doesn't feel good. That feels no. awful. And so that was yeah. kind of definitely a sign. So um, then, but then, so you got on, you told them that you were getting on the show um, and that you got picked. Yeah. Well, I didn't, I mean, for me, it was really like, I might have a husband and like, I really yeah. am going to really take this <laughs> seriously because these, like I told them about how there was experts and they really analyze you. And then, 
you know, after they're done analyzing you and analyzing lots of people, they see if they can find two matches that are like scientifically perfectly paired. And it would be like a, like a perfect husband. And, and he was like, oh, okay, cool. You know, like didn't think yeah. anything of it. And then I was like, oh yeah, well actually they found me a match and I'm going to get married. <laughs> and he then kind of, I mean, it wasn't immediately. It was like, did you tell him over the phone? I did. Yeah. I mean, it's not like it wasn't a surprise though. I mean, right, yeah. there was a whole process leading up to it, but yeah, yeah. Hmm. that didn't feel good to, I didn't realize that he was that like committed, I guess. Yeah. Um, but my dog did pee on his couch. So I guess that's commitment. Well, you left <laughs> if he the didn't lasting, boot me out then, then that was the lasting impression. Yeah, for real. And I, I, well, I think a lot of people don't realize that part of the show though, because, um, and anybody that's thinking about Married at First Sight, it, I, I don't know if the process is different now, but for me, when I went to the final casting call, so you, you go through a series of interviews, then they do an on-camera interview with one of the producers, and then they send you a big questionnaire, and then you get invited to this final casting call. For the casting call that I was at, there was maybe 50, 60, 70 guys all in one hotel conference room. Yeah. And then... They bring out the producer to the show. Uh, she explains a little bit. They introduce what the show, where the show came from, which was uh, the show in Denmark. And they say, married at first sight. So, And they say, we're going to do this intense background on you. We're going to get to know you, what you want in a partner, um, and what your beliefs are, your deal breakers. And based on that information, if they find someone that is a perfect match, the first time you see that person will be at your wedding at the end of the aisle. Um, and that's when a lot of people just got up and left. Oh yeah. For mine too. So Doug's Doug's obviously with the men, they kept yeah. the men and the women separate. And so there was probably, I mean, two to 300 women. There's always more women yeah. than men that are willing to so do many something wild for love. So many people that got up and left. Yeah. And so same thing is, I mean, like the tape, everyone was sitting down with like a little packet of information yeah. ahead of them <laughs> and half the room like right when they said that, like didn't even finish her, like let her finish her presentation. They just got up and left. And I thought that was quite rude. I was yeah, like, like, even if I wouldn't go through that, I think I would have stayed just, yeah. I know. mean, she's up there talking and presenting like, don't be, I mean, I felt like that was so rude to just get up and go. But yeah. I guess then again, it's like time is money. And like, they were like, nope, I'm out. Yeah. Well, I, th I think, cause what I noticed too, there was a couple people that stayed, uh, that were actors in New York. So, oh. so I think there was that, actors there. Yeah. There were oh. actors there. So I think, why um, were there actors there? Cause they were looking for love. Yeah. I think they sort of saw this as maybe an opportunity for them to get on TV and stuff. So they, them thinking that it's a, um, uh, a love experiment, you know, them getting on TV oh. could help their career. So maybe they call, maybe they specifically called up different agencies and said, you know, hey, we have this show idea, but nobody knew it was Married at First Sight until you heard that in person. And then they introduced the experts. And uh, I had stayed to the end. I watched, uh, I remember asking a, a couple of questions and um, this uh, Chris uh, Colin, who is the, the head guy over at Kinetic, uh, the producing company for Merit at First Sight. I remember just saying to him, I go, so so basically you want us to be America's couple. And he goes- You said that to him? Yeah. And he goes, yes, that's exactly it. Because after I was, and in my head, I didn't think it was weird. I didn't think it was a crazy idea at all. Uh, the marriage thing, yes. I mean, obviously that's crazy. But my idea was, okay, if I trust this, process 
if I trust that these experts are genuine and, you know, I got to spend time with the experts at this little final casting call, um, they're going to tell me all, or I'm going to tell them all about me, my beliefs, my goals, my morals, my deal breakers, uh, painting a perfect picture of what my wife would want to look like. You're telling me that based on all that information, if they find a perfect match for you, then you're going to meet that person uh, at the end of the aisle at your wedding. And my thought was, if I'm painting a perfect picture of everything and you're matching them based on uh, all my information, my psychology, my sociality, that person, you're going to look for that person. And they were like, yes. And I said, okay, well, that's a no-brainer for me. I mean, kind of same for me because I was like, uh, I was having, they probably, I feel like they presented it differently that to me. It was also called the love experiment. This was not about marriage. It was just dating. And all the things were the same. Like you have experts who are going to help you. They're going to analyze, find a perfect match. Then you get to date them. And when you struggle, there's going to be experts there to kind of guide you. And I was like, wow, that sounds like, I'm like, you're going to allow, you're going to do this for free? Like, I'm like, <laughs> okay, sure. I mean, if yeah. you want to help me find, you know, the right guy and help me be like the right person for him as well, like, sign me up like that yeah. sounds amazing um they had a really good cheese and fruit spread at the final <laughs> casting call so that helped Doug you're so starving s- you're so silly but um so then the other thing was that um so at the final casting like did you explain how they said oh yeah this isn't just dating this is actually marriage and you're going to marry someone in two weeks yes you explained that well I said that when they said based on your information they find a perfect match the first time you meet that person will be at your wedding yeah so so that was like a obviously that was a huge bombshell because everyone had thought it was just dating up until then and so then of course half the room left because they were like uh I'm not marrying a complete stranger and then how did they call you so they called and left a message on my phone. But why do you think they called you? I don't know. I mean, I was obviously on The Bachelor. And so... But were you on dating sites? Like, was your phone number somewhere? They said... They told me that they were calling on... Um, they were calling on... To people, like, to, like, law offices. To, if anyone was single, they were calling, like, doctor offices to see if anybody was single looking for love. It, like, they... Apparently, they were calling... Cold calling all sorts of different jobs and occupations. Yeah. Finding people who were... Huh within like whatever the age range was looking for love, like if they were interested. And so, I mean, I'm sure my information was out there as well, but um, that's how I got the call. And obviously I had just done the bachelor and the bachelor pad. And I kind of felt like I made a fool of myself because I was just so awkward and weird and I don't know. And so I really wasn't interested in doing like a love show on television to then just continue to be like, to put, just continue to dig my myself six feet under, you know, or whatever. Well, that, that could have tainted your view on dating shows. Based well, the, on, like if you, well if that's you exactly it. Bachelor. Well, that was exactly it. I was like, I, and that's why I said, I'm not kissing him because I thought yeah. that they were going to make me kiss you just for TV. And I was like, no, I'm not, I don't, I don't want to do that just because you have a camera here. Like if I feel like I love him, then I'll kiss him. But like, don't make me kiss him or hold. And like when they told me to sit on your lap, mm-hmm. I was like, Oh no, this, I thought this was going to be, cause you know, they showed us the Denmark version. So when part of that casting call was that you got to see the Danish version of married at first sight. And it was absolutely nothing like the bachelor. And there's nothing wrong with the bachelor, but it is a bit, um, there is an agenda there, obviously that For this sure. one guy falls in love with this one girl and he has to pick her out. And so they're like, how are you going to stand apart? And what are you going to do? And I'm like, I just want to be myself. And they also cut you off from reality though. 
Oh yeah, right? yeah. Like oh yeah, it was it, that that show was entirely different than Married at First Sight. And and so that's what drew me to Married at First Sight was that first of all, you could just tell that it wasn't as produced because, you know, like we would have like destinations and you would have like rose ceremonies and things like that in The Bachelor. <laughs> this was more like, oh, like, I mean, you literally meet the family for The Bachelor. You don't meet the family until the very end of the season. This was like, you meet the family the day of the wedding. Like it's yeah. real. Like this is a real thing. It's not like a game show. And so that was very ideal for me. Like if they were going to help me and whatnot. Um, but then the, the, um, sorry, I just saw our accountant <laughs> just messaged <laughs> us and it's a, uh, if anybody else has a small business, it's September, well, it's past September 15th, which means your taxes are due. And, um, I just paid our taxes just FYI. But, um, so what was I saying though? Um, you were talking about, uh, oh, well, I think what you were getting to was that married at first sight seemed like it was more of a documentary. Yes, and so that's what I really liked about it was that it ge- it really was more of a documentary. All right, well, hold that thought for a second. Okay. What is the most important part to feeling confident and good when you go on a date? I'm going to say my clothes and my makeup and hair. And smell. Smelling bad is the number one mood killer according to a study that I did in my own head. <laughs> <laughs> which is why I'm very excited to introduce our partner for this podcast episode, Lumi. Yeah, Lumi's deodorant is one of a kind because you can apply it anywhere. And when I say anywhere, I mean your pits, your underboobs, your thigh folds, belly buttons, butt cracks, vulvas, and feet. Vulvas? Yeah, anywhere. All right. Well, it was actually created by an OBGYN, which explains the vulva part. But um, <laughs> she proved through clinical testing that most BO is caused by bacteria on the skin digesting your fluids. Your I don't bodily know if you fluids. knew that. Yeah. So Lumi actually blocks that bacteria from sitting down at that all-you-can-eat fluid buffet on your body, which kind of makes it like a pre-deodorant. Oh my gosh, you that sounds really gross. <laughs> I use the Lumi. It stinks. (laughs) Yeah, no pun intended. I used the Lumi whole body deodorant cream yesterday morning. And of course I take a shower and I still smell the lavender. I am shocked at how good this works. Yeah, we we highly recommend Lumi starter pack for any new customers. You get a solid stick of deodorant, a cream tube deodorant, and then they give you two free products of your choice. I recommend the mini body wash, the lavender, which I still smell on Jamie and it's wonderful, but they also have deodorant wipes, which is perfect to leave in a car, purse, backpack. Yeah. Lumi has a special offer on that starter pack. So when you go to lumideodorant.com, use the code HMCP for five bucks off, which is over 40% off the starter pack. Don't be the smelly one on the date. Head over to lumideodorant.com. That's L-U-M-E-D-E-O-D-O-R-A-N-T.com and use the code HMCP for $5 off that starter pack. Okay. Let's get back to it. All right. Because the way it was pitched, they were going to follow you like... We weren't going to have to take off work. Um, you know, we, we there was going to be a honeymoon that we would go on, but it was only going to be like four and a half days where we're gone. Um, and they would follow us and film us before and after work. Yeah, and that's exactly what happened. And that's what happened. Yeah, and so... The company I worked for did not want... I, I didn't want cameras in where I worked. Yeah, I at worked all. at Columbia Presbyterian. Yeah. Uh, the, it's a New York Presbyterian hospital. and uh, They wouldn't even allow us to film in your building because yeah. it was affiliated. Yeah, with- they would not allow us to film there either. A lot of people, like businesses, don't just don't want to be a part of that. All I meant to say with that story was just that 
I, I knew I could tell right from the get go that it was going to be very different from the bachelor and that it was, it seemed more of a docu-series. Like it was pitched to us. Like it was a documentary more than like reality TV. And so I felt like excited even like, but also kind of safe to go into it. Like knowing that, okay, I'm not like competing and it's not, you know, this awkward thing. It's like actually going to be like our real lives and we're actually going to be married. And the truth is, is that I think I needed that, that like the marriage, like there's something to be said for knowing that you and your partner are a hundred percent committed. Like a lot of times in relationships, you aren't sure like where the other person is. Like, for example, that guy I was dating, you know, not for nothing, but he was, I guess, way more committed than I was. And that's so scary and feels so unfair and it's wrong. And I feel like, you know, a lot of people knock arranged marriages. They're not familiar with it. Although it's becoming, I mean, it's been around for centuries upon centuries. Yeah. I think here though, it's not, it's not as common as it is across the world. Yeah, exactly. And what's interesting is people mocked us for being married at first sight thinking that, oh, you know, and I could understand why we did it on television. Desperate for love. Yeah. And you just want to be on camera. Yeah. 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 Like you want to be on TV, but like it, it really wasn't (laughs) that for, I mean, there, it was on a network called FYI. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> like they, if you want to get famous, I don't think yeah. that that's where you're going to go. That doesn't they, even exist anymore. Yeah, they literally took the bio channel and uh, turned it into FYI. And there was like our show was one of the shows on. I think they were running reruns of other things. But yeah, um, but, but yeah, the um, but the show did take off. And I think it's because it was they did allow me to be authentic. Mm-hmm. So, you know, so that's what I was getting at was that at our wedding day. And I think the reason I come off so like shallow and cold is because they're like, oh, hold his hand, kiss him. And I'm like, you're going to make me, I thought this was different. Like, I thought this was a docu-series. Like, you're not going to make me pretend I'm in love with this guy. I just met him. Like, and I think that's why I freaked out a little bit because I was like, oh no, what did I sign up for? Like, I thought this was different. And not only, you know, am I married to someone that I didn't have that chemistry for, but also, you know, they, they're telling me to like sit on his lap and pretend like we're a happily, happily married couple. I'm like, I met the dude like two hours ago at, at, at the most, like yeah. maybe it was like 20 minutes ago. And so, you know, I was like, oh no, I, so it wasn't even just my, cause everyone says, how did you have that reaction and how did Doug handle it? And it's like, it wasn't <laughs> just even, I heard about Doug. It. it was like the production. I mean, it's a lot when you have cameras following you and <laughs> people telling you what to do and you know, and Oh, it was just so awkward and weird. Our field producer, um, shout out to Carly. Yeah. Carly. Uh, sure. <laughs> yeah. So her and, uh, Katie, um, Katie's I, re- a I remember, uh, my sister was the one that told me that, that you were freaking out. Um, where she said, she goes, uh, Doug, cut it, cut it with the, uh, wifey sort of talk. Like, don't call her your wife. Cause she's yeah, he was calling me out. his wife. Um, I was like, what? And I, I, yeah, I don't, I don't remember how I said it, but, um, all of a sudden you were gone. And then the producer Carly came up to me and she goes, Doug, it's time for you to turn your charm on. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and that's when I, that's when I that's when I sort of knew that you were kind of freaking out. So, yeah. um, I just, I just backed off uh, a little Which bit, Which was smart, you know, and, and like, I didn't come on strong at all. I think I hung out with your nephew. Yeah. Uh, and then my nephew started calling you uncle Doug. And I was like, yeah. this and that is was weird for you. Out of control. I don't know what's happening. I just oh, met this God. guy. And now my nephew is calling him uncle Doug. Like yeah. this is like so strange. Oh, that was such a long day. I mean, we, they got us a limo or they got me a limo and they picked me up at my parents' house because that's where I was living at the time. Um, and I think it was 
my brother and I were took the limo together. I think maybe my mom was in the limo too. Uh, I remember it just being such a long day. Yeah. And, you know, they left me up at the altar for like 25 minutes. I was sweating bullets, uh, staring, <laughs> just staring at a bunch of strangers on one side of the aisle looking at me, uh, me trying to figure out which one is your parents and which one, just to get a, a sense of what you looked like. Um, and just waiting and waiting and waiting. And thankfully I had a, uh, a towel in my pocket that I just kept wiping my forehead. Um, so and uh, just, just really just waiting and which is waiting. so frustrating because they made me wait and wait. I mean, I was ready for hours. Yeah. It felt like I'm like, was he not ready? Like, is he still there? Like what's going on? Like why, why am I still sit standing up here? I'm a hundred percent ready. I'm in my wedding dress, my hair, my makeup is done. I just keep looking in the mirror. Like, do I need to do something else? Because I'm so nervous. And also my friend Kirsten came up and we shared a bottle of champagne and so I literally drank champagne. I was like, basically like probably hung over by the time we actually said I do. <laughs> like That's I was funny. like, I wasn't drinking at all. Yeah. Um, but I, cause it was funny. Cause I remember the, the door opens and, and you have your niece and nephew as like a flower girl. And, uh, I don't know if it was a ring bearer, but, um, I remember seeing them first and I was like, they're both redheads. They're both redheads. I said that, uh, like, it was kind of a deal breaker, uh, a red hair. Not, nothing against red hair people. I just haven't been really attracted to people with red hair. Um, so the two gingery-est kids um, walked down the aisle, um, and then her bridesmaids start coming out, and I had found out that it was your sisters, like each of, each of yeah. your sisters. Um, and I remember saying, like, you know, like being in shape and fitness um, is important to me. Yeah, and you sound I'm very dog, athletic. You sound and so, well, listen, if you know, if they played anybody's deal breaker list, you would you would think that they were a horrible person. I wasn't being horrible. I never I never said someone overweight or anything like that. I said I take care of my body. I'm very athletic, and I would want someone to do athletic things with. And so I would want someone that cares about, you know, just that sense of sports or uh, working out. And because I was very into working out at the time. Um, so I, I didn't say anything about being overweight. Um, and I wouldn't have, uh, even though I, I think they sort of filmed a little bit of that or recorded it. But um, so I, I said that. And I remember just seeing your sisters coming down the aisle. Um, and it was one that, like your sisters look so different from each other. I know. I was like, how are they sisters? First of all, um, <laughs> and I just see, I just see, because my brother was there for with me for the whole thing too, and he knew the whole process. And I just remember him uh, looking at me and going, "I told you so. I told you. <laughs> I told you this was going to be. Yep, this was going to be a joke. I told you." <laughs> and uh, yeah, and then Jamie walks in, and I couldn't stop smiling. And uh, my brother then just looks, uh, and he goes, "Wow, she's way prettier than he is." <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. But that goes to tell you that like everybody judges by the book, you know, mm -hmm. I mean like the, the book, the, everyone judges the book by the cover is what I'm yeah. trying to say. Like everybody judges appearances and it's so sad because when you think about it, you know, someone who you aren't attracted to could become the love of your life. Yeah. Someone who you're so attracted to 
could be an absolutely miserable person to be around. Yeah. So it's really so silly I that think- we are so, uh, we just judge and judge and judge on yeah. just appearances alone. I genuinely think um, that there's some sort of, uh, what do they call them, pheromones? Yeah, there really are pheromones. I genuinely think that there are compatible because like, like, you know, like, if you think back to the people that, that you've dated in the past, um, yeah. whether it's a, a smell or there was something that just like really got you attracted to each other yeah. and you were just, you just were, attra- there's some law of attraction not always there that it's the way they look. Right. It's actually like really, well, it's, it's, it's some sort of X factor. In yeah. My there's opinion. an X factor for sure. Yeah, Because I like think. there's, there's people that you just jive with and you know, there's, you can have someone that you think is a knockout 10, but then you don't really talk to them. But yeah. then the person that you start to be with, you think that they're a 10 because there's just something there. Yeah. Um, and I like not to like, I don't know, be a dead horse about this, but I really think that that type of attraction can grow in a relationship. Like I watch Married at First Sight now time and time again, yeah. where these relationships, like one isn't attracted to the other and they just like, Give up right away. That's so like, frustrating. It's watching sad that. because for me, I'm like, man, if if I would have done that, then we wouldn't have our children. We wouldn't have each other for almost ten years. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't have known a love that could kind of dissipate and then come back and then kind of dissipate and come back. And, yeah. and it, every time it comes back, it comes back stronger. I mean, there's yeah. a lot to be said for sticking it out with one person and then getting to yeah. ride the highs with that person and like being so comfortable. Like you don't have to worry about going through all the mundane little things, you know, when you're going on date after date with mm-hmm. different people. Yeah. And I mean, every, everything's going to be, everything was a first for us when we first got together. Yeah. It was like the first time and then just figuring out what you told the experts, but that's why it's so different from Married at First Sight today. Um, just because they, they didn't want us to even know the other couples. Yeah. They didn't want any interaction. Yeah. With they the would other not couples. let they, us yeah, it know was like, the other couples. Yeah. They didn't now want they us like put them in a house together or texting or anything with them. Yeah. There was only three couples, uh, that were there. Uh, we met with every expert, uh, and, and sat down with them as part of the, the show. And I think that the experts, uh, in many ways saved our relationship through the experiment of Married at First oh, Sight. Dr. Salona was yeah. so helpful for me. I mean, he was a psychologist on our season. He, I think they were only on season one and two, our experts. Yeah. But Dr. Salona, I mean, I still love him to this day because he really, I felt like he really cared, you he know? He really did. They all did. They really cared. And it wasn't just like, oh, let's throw people together for TV. I mean, that I think that's the difference between also between the first season and whatever season we're on now is that you can't always get that when the show is successful. Mm-hmm. You know, now it's on Lifetime and it has millions of viewers and, you know, it's very, very successful. So you can't always get like people who genuinely want the relationship. Whereas I feel like every single person yeah. on season one and genuinely- season two, I, I would say- Probably season two as um, by well. By season three, I feel like that's when things started to be tainted a little bit, meaning that um, people knew what the show was. They knew essentially what the process was going to be in the beginning. They knew what 
you yeah. would be doing on the episodes and things like that. Yeah, so and so like, then yeah. it was it was definitely tainted, and it's obviously a bit tainted now. It doesn't make it. It's still a great show to watch, and people still stay married. But that's why it's evolved. But it's too. just so different because we were all very very genuine about trying to make this relationship work. Like I know Courtney and Jason worked really hard yeah, to try did. to keep their marriage together because they they really wanted it, and you know Monet and Vaughn they that just. Well, they tried, I, but they yeah, tried okay. during the experiment, but that just wasn't going to work. And that's yeah. okay. You know, and that's, and honestly, for the people who said that we were just making a mockery of marriage and shame on us, it's like, even if you're marrying someone that you've dated, you can divorce within, yeah. you know, six months. I mean, it's unfortunately the rates are 50, 50. And so that was a big thing that they said to us was like right now, statistically, the divorce rate is fi- hovering around 50 to 51%. And, and that I we think are it's actually trying- higher in arranged marriages. The divorce rate is lower in marriage. That's what I mean. It's yeah. Like, but uh, what I'm saying though is that that's what that's what they said to me when they were talking about the love experiment. Is that and after they dropped the bombshell that it was marriage, they said, mm-hmm. "Listen, what we're trying to do here is see if we can take science and mix it in with love and see if relationships can last longer when it's not just based on judging a book by its cover." Yeah. And, and this was right as soon as um, I, I think Dr. Pepper was heavily involved in some of the algorithms with like match.com oh yeah they she would match up yeah people online um i don't know if it was match.com but dr pepper helped create part of the algorithm for yeah. dating sites i mean every single expert was they're just so i mean accomplished in their yes. field and thing. so i was yeah. like not a chance they're going to tie their name to a tv show where everybody just like fights and gets divorced i mean yeah. that it, they really and i think they wanted it site to work they is, wanted yeah, they yeah. were really trying to change the statistic, uh, like see if we could get more, like higher than 50%. I'd have to say now, you know, like I would say probably, what, what do you think the percentage is for people who stay together unmarried at first sight? I just I just saw it um, there. I think there's 12 couples that have stayed together and are still, so far, and yeah. I think there's 70-something couples okay. that have been around through the show. Well, that ain't 50-50, and it isn't. I don't want you to quote me on that, but I'm okay. pretty sure that it's close to that. Okay, well, needless to say, they had really good intentions, and yeah. I'm really thankful because it got me you, and, yes. you know. And I'm thankful they got me you, and everything. But. I do think that they, I do think that regardless of what happens on the show, uh, I do think, you know, there's some outliers, there's going to be outliers in every, you know, every so often. And the people that were just like, that you saw as like a-holes on the show yeah. are a-holes in real life. Um, oh. that's, that's a given, but I think well, everyone learns something about oh, themselves yeah. so, regardless if they stay together or not. Exactly. And I always thought even in real life, divorce isn't like something you should be ashamed of. It's not a sin. It's not wrong. I mean, I really think that divorce is when two people realize that they're, they've tried everything they could do to make it work, but they realize that they're genuinely just not fit for each other to live happily together. And we get one life to live. Why on earth would you stay with someone? Which is part of the frustration of married at first sight a little bit, because, you know, you see some couples that don't make it. Yeah. Um, they don't give it that chance. Yeah. They don't really. Well, what's give even it. more frustrating is when the one is trying yeah. to, and then the other is like halfway trying or trying sometimes mm-hmm. and then trying, not trying. And what's sad is like that is so indicative of real life mm-hmm. relationships. Yeah. Like, 
you know, I'm sure someone listening, I'm sorry if it's you, but I'm sure you have a, it's like, there's people who are listening that have partners that try sometimes and don't try other times. And, and it's no fault to the show that it's not like they could know that. Oh no, of course not. But I'm just saying like that it, it does show a real relationship. And so it was entirely different than the bachelor without a doubt. I was a little scared that it was <laughs> that they Didn't were trying to, yeah, like that it. they were trying to like make me do things. I was, I was glad they didn't make it a, a big deal. Um, what that you were on that show well they actually almost didn't take me because yeah. I was on The Bachelor so I remember I had an extra interview with Dr. Salona because I don't know why actually I only found out because they later. wanted people that were genuine about marriage and not someone that was just going to do it for TV yeah that's so what th- I had heard yeah they they thought maybe I guess and I was doing you it for were, TV you were doing it for the right reasons yeah well so then they interviewed me to make sure and I don't even know what I said that, I mean, how can you define, I guess, like, I don't yeah. even know what I said. But. Uh, well, I, I think they just took into account your story um, and everything else that you were looking to go through with it. Yeah. So, well, needless to say, there's a lot of things that could have happened. I mean, I know I was, I was matched with Jason at one point or they like threw around the match of Jason and I. Yeah. So that's another interesting thought about Married at First Sight. Is and that me and the opera singer. There was an opera singer. Yeah, season? that was uh, that they followed. Um, oh, you as, and the opera the ca- singer? Uh, yeah, really? Part of the casting call, they floated the idea of, and I saw this in the show. I never heard uh, oh. before, but I saw it when they were playing the episode. Um, yeah, the girl that was the opera singer, um, we matched well, but she didn't want children anytime soon. So that's oh. why they didn't match us up right uh, from the start. So there are a lot of different things that happened that we could have or we you know, could have not been matched or married today. And so I feel like it's just really, at the end of the day, I just thank God that he yeah. knew, like, because I, I don't know that Jason and I would have worked out, you know? I don't know. I don't think I mean, you I guys would have. Pro- I have no idea, but. I think I'm the only person that it would have worked out with. <laughs> yeah, that's probably true. <laughs> I'm nothing yeah. against Jason, but he's <laughs> definitely, he's a real nice guy, um, but probably maybe not really my type but then again i don't know what you do never you know, know about types yeah but, i hope um, that answers the that question i mean we pretty much almost did a whole episode just on the talking about married process. at first sight well married at first sight is coming back i yes. believe uh, it's definitely coming back in october i can't remember the exact date and we have been talking about potentially doing a 10-year vow renewal and um yeah that's right well that's we're absolutely up. doing a 10-year vow renewal because talking about our wedding and how mm-hmm. awkward it was and all the things I mean we've renewed our vows before but yeah. I really want to have an actual like a wedding like a like one where I invite friends and family not just 25 people and you know <laughs> like and so for our five year five year vow renewal it was just the two of us, which yeah. was great and intimate and I loved it and um and our vow renewal right after we were married we, it was, you know, it was our family, but, um, I was like, it was just like a bit chaotic, I would say, cause my mom was there and my mom and I were like not in good terms and I barely knew his family. It was still a good trip though. It was but, a great trip. Yeah. yeah. Um, except we ended up sleeping on a pullout couch. Yeah, well, that was miserable. Yeah. That was, that's a whole different story. Yeah. Like his sister's back got hurt or something. So we, it's our <laughs> my wedding. My sister's great with pain. Vow renewal. And you would have thought she, she was paralyzed for the rest of her life the way she was acting i know she yeah she was she seemed like she was in so much pain she was so annoyed she was on a pull-out couch so i was like here why don't you take yeah, our really. our room and we'll sleep on the pull-out couch and yeah that was that was such a trip um yeah. it was a lot of fun though and but i i still like i don't know i think that every 
as often as you can, you should celebrate your marriage and in love. And so I feel like 10 years is a huge, yeah. like, I can't believe. And recommit. I yeah. Think, you know. Yeah. And recommit and just remember the, like, it shouldn't take a vow renewal or something to no. remind you to, to be thankful and to, you know, recommit and to just, re, yeah. you know, be like kind of fall in love all over again. But Pastor Cal talks about that a lot. What? About how, um, the people that, the two people that get married, 10 years later are not the same two yeah, people and, and you can't expect to have the same feelings going 10 years through. later. Um, and so you do grow with the person. Yeah. And not every day is going to be amazing and butterflies and, and yeah. everything else in the excitement, not every day. And that shouldn't be the expectation. It's really like having a partner in life more so than like, I mean, I think some people look at re- like marriage and relationships, like it's whimsical and it's fairy tale and it's love and it's <laughs> dating and it's flowers and roses and chocolates. But that is not the reality, especially if you're diabetic. Yeah, but no, like it's not the reality. I mean, I feel like our reality, I mean, for goodness sakes, yesterday, Henley really wanted alone time with me. She wanted to, I mean, all day she was begging for me to just take her on a date and to just, she really wanted to go to Chili's. She saw Chili's on YouTube and was like, <laughs> she's been on this. She Chili's has kit. wanted to go to Chili's, the restaurant. She doesn't even Chili's. know what Chili's type, so, type of food is. Yeah, she does. She saw the well, little pepper. And so anyway, she just really wanted to do that and I was like okay but Henley if mommy spends this time with you then I'm not going to get that time with Hendrix so that means I'm going to take him out and it's going to be a special day for him and so I came home and told Doug oh you know she was so sweet she had so you know we had so much fun she really like if you're kid comes to you and says, I need some alone time with you. That's a sign that you probably missed a couple signs prior. Like I'll, I'll, I'm going to forgive myself a little bit, but like she really needs some attention right now. And I'm trying really hard to like be really present with her and give her that attention. But so I want, I also want to do the same thing for Hendrix. And so I came (laughs) home and I said, Oh, you know, Doug, she had such a good time. I got to do this with Hendrix. I feel so bad. And he's like, not me. Yeah. He was like, (laughs) when do I get alone time? When do I get a date? (laughs) And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm only one person. What can I do? And that yeah. is 10 years later, you know, like, so it really is. With kids. Yeah. It's, yeah. And then that's just life as a mom yeah. and a um, wife. Well, before we forget, um, because we didn't do this at the top of the show. Um, we we wouldn't read, forget though. It's right yeah. there. We, we have we, it. We love to read uh, your reviews. Uh, and we always give a shout out to a five-star review, um, which uh, this one is from Mimi2MCPM, who writes... And fair warning, this one is very emotional and deep. And yeah. I wanted to say right at the top, Mimi, that my heart goes out to you. And I will literally be praying for you tonight. And I said a prayer for you when I when I first read this. Because it's just, you know, it's just real life stuff that happens. And yeah. I'm just sorry that you're going through it. But anyways, go ahead, Doug. So it says, uh, Doug and Jamie, I hope you read this. I lost my cousin to an overdose two weeks ago on September 2nd. She died one day shy of her 40th birthday. I also lost my 15-year-old nephew to suicide three years ago. I've been struggling with some very difficult emotions this past week. I listened to your podcast, How to Find the Light in an Abusive, Seemingly Hopeless Tunnel, Uh, Your story about sitting in the bathroom looking at the razors as a young teenager hit me hard. You and Doug talking about addiction and mental health issues is exactly what I needed to hear. Your stories are eerily similar to mine. First off, can I say how grateful and how thankful I am that you and Doug are back? I've missed your raw and heartfelt podcast. Uh, Drug addiction and alcoholism runs deep in my family. So does anxiety and depression. 
listening to the stories of Doug's recovery and journey to sobriety has been so inspiring and helpful. Yesterday, I cried through your entire podcast as I listened to you share your story about your love for Jesus Christ. Uh, I love that you are not afraid to share your love for our Heavenly Father. You have no idea how much I needed to hear your words. I am a very positive and optimistic person. I truly believe that everything happens for a reason and that there's a purpose in all things. Even in our darkest days and nights, there's always something to be thankful for. I've been struggling with emotions of guilt the last week. I wish I could have helped my cousin, but she was uh, just too toxic and I had to separate myself from her. I couldn't invite that toxicity into my life. I have a husband and family that come first. Her addiction was too much for me and I needed to focus on my family and provide a healthy and comfort uh, and positive environment for us. I prayed for her all the time. I take comfort in knowing that my nephew and cousin both knew the Lord and accepted him as their Lord and Savior. Their souls are at peace and they are in his arms for all eternity. Thank you, Jamie and Doug, for being so transparent. Your words have truly helped me this past week. God bless you both. I just can't say, you know, yeah, just how sorry I am that you're going through that. That's an awful lot to be going through. And also, I feel like, um, you know. There I'm, is a lot to say about um, the prayers. I'm, I'm slowly coming around to it. Um, I was never a religious person. Um, it was always something with a higher power. Um, but, uh, I, I tell you the, just going to church, um, you do notice positive changes in your life. Um, I don't know if I'll ever be real religious. Um, you know, maybe I will, or, you know, openly, you know, uh, somebody asked me the other day at church, uh, so when were you saved? Yeah. And Doug was like, what? And what does like, that even mean? I was like, <laughs> like, I don't, I don't know. What do you mean saved? I've never been in. Uh, but anyway, um, but now I understand what it means. And, um, you know, I, I think that regardless of what your faith is, um, you know, having, having something there, uh, and, and, and having that sort of offset the burden on you, um, and just believing in something positive is a huge, huge help for any anxiety, depression, um, you know, mm-hmm. but also you're not the only person that's going through these things Yeah. at all. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah. So, you know, I'm just thankful that you reached out. I know that you had also commented on my Instagram. And so, um, I just want you to know that we see you and we support you. And a lot of people will say to me, you know, I hope you read this. I don't know if you see this. And I do see, especially comments. I see every single comment. I can't, I try to like them all because that's easy. I can't respond to absolutely every single person, even though I genuinely wish I could. Um, But I would spend my whole day in front of my phone. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But I I do, I mean, I also check my DMs and um, I, I don't, I'm not as good at keeping up on DMs as I am with comments, but I try really hard to, I mean, I just genuinely love the community that we have. And so, and I don't have a ton of friends, as you <laughs> probably know, that sounds real desperate, but, um, <laughs> no, we're getting there. Yeah, we are. We're trying to, we're really starting to find our, our community and whatnot. And so, but I still will always be forever thankful for my online community, like my, my kids, internet aunties, you know, all of you listening and who are on our Instagram and TikTok and whatnot. Speaking of yeah. TikTok, we had our first viral video. Wow. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I can't Unbel- even believe this. Yeah. So, um, I, 
I remember seeing a video um, where some uh, there was a, a mom that stepped on a broom and they played kind of like what that jewelry box ballerina music or ding, 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 ding. Uh, yeah. And I saw her stand on a broom and one of her kids was, she was posing and just sort of walking around. So I did that with Henley. I did it with me and uh, Hendrix got involved and yeah. Hendrix put on... Um, the, I don't even know what the hair thing is called. Uh, cat ears. Um, cat ears. And then he, he put on one of Henley's skirts and stood up. Well, there. Henley and, highly influenced yeah. him. And Hendrix was the perfect little ballerina. Model, baller, <laughs> jewelry box ballerina. Yeah. And, and Henley was the perfect dance instructor telling him exactly how to yeah. pose. And Hendrix put his arms up and, you cute. know, we did, I did a dustpan and you sort of twist the back as like you're winding him up and went through. And, this is this is our first viral video. We didn't even plan. I mean, we were. It was just On a cute TikTok. thing that happened. Like it wasn't yeah. like we like planned this thing. Although, I mean, I do kind of want to. I think it's fun to be able to watch content that makes you laugh and yeah. feel good. And so, I would like to try to plan that. But that's you know, especially after this went viral, I'm like, we should. I, I feel like the world 11, needs more of that. Close to 11 million views. Has, on TikTok yeah, has right now over. Over 10 million views right now yeah. on TikTok. And over, over a million uh, likes, yeah. I think. That's crazy. And that wasn't anything, we did not plan for that. Like that was just like, it was just a cute moment and it was so, it was just so That's sweet. what they do with that. Yeah, that, that is we what they do. dress up. Yeah, that's what happens when you have a big sister <laughs> who for silly wants you to wear to a tutu do. with her and her cat ears. And she wants to teach you how to be a, and, you know, a ballerina yeah. like she is. We, uh, we want to make videos that make uh, mommy laugh. Yeah. Oh my God. I love it so much. Um, but anyways, yeah. So, well, that is all we have for today for you. Uh, we are so thankful that you can, you keep on coming back yes. and you're tuned in. If you're listening to this now, I am so thankful for you, um, because you suck it out with us another episode. I hope that it's meaningful and fun and light and, you know, sometimes, I mean, it's not, it's just going to be real and raw. I can promise you that every single time, not every time is it going to be, um, you know, funny or light or it's just going to be real and raw. Yeah. And we, um, you know, we, we do appreciate your comments and questions um, that you send in. And um, so that's where I kind of got the idea for this episode was a lot of people always ask us about the start of Merit at First Sight, what the difference is, uh, how it's changed, but also what we were doing right before the show. Um, so hopefully that uh, went into a big detail. And um, I do want to say that uh, we have a guest on for next week, which is exciting. Doug has been wanting a guest on for a long time. And I'm yes. like, I kind of don't mind it just us two. I like I like talking to you, hubby. What, are you trying to get away from talking no, to me? <laughs> no, but, um, but it is nice to have a little break. And uh, so we have uh, Maddie Smith that's coming on from... Um, Family, made. family, family made. Made. so we're gonna yeah. have uh, her on, and we'll we'll talk th through some things, and it's all about positivity, and which we could all use a lot of positivity. Yeah. I mean, I'm always open for different ways to become more positive and to feel like loved and all the things. Yeah, and we we we'll, we will have an update on um, the uh, medication journey that I've been on. Yeah, um, so we have we'll, big news about that, yeah, which is very exciting. And uh, we love you, and we'll have a good week. We'll talk yeah. to you next week. Goodbye. Bye.